Hello everyone, this is your host Christian Massar of the podcast. And today we'll be concluding the series on the psychology of faith. And what this one is called, it's called a personal definition of faith. So what one's faith in, in God or in a higher being of some kind or a higher idea might manifest itself. You know, what? we'll talk a little bit about what faith is and also about what faith will, might lead someone to do. Um, and of course, as in the previous episodes of this series, I will be looking at uh, primarily the religion of Christianity, but uh, some of these concepts could be possibly applied to other religions as well. But this idea of of faith and how it's ex- how it manifests itself, I'll be using Christianity as the example uh, to illustrate the examples of what I mean. And just want to let you know too that in this episode we will be revisiting or perhaps reviewing a lot of the concepts we've talked about in the past um, in the past episodes of the series. For example, the idea of faith is it part of psychology? How or is it nurtured? Is it or is it ingrained? in our human nature. So you might here get a little bit of a deja vu over the last uh, three episodes of this series, but here we will be defining on what faith might be. And we'll get right into it after this little message. Dear listeners, thank you so much for listening to the Historical Thoughts and Interpretations podcast, and I hope that you've been enjoying the thoughts given within. But I would like to ask if you would consider making a pledge to the podcast on Patreon. I have many projects in mind for the show, and the books, paper, and so on needed to produce the episodes will not be free. Help keep historical thoughts flowing so that we can interpret the past and learn from it. You may pledge any amount that you like, and whatever you choose to give will be appreciated. Thanks a lot. So, faith is something that can have multiple definitions, like many other things. It's often said that faith is is said to be just a simple belief that something is true. And a second definition of faith is the religious definition. What are the characteristics of religious belief? religious Religious faith, of course, involves belief in some kind of supreme being, supernatural force, or perhaps maybe just something as simple as greater, something greater than oneself. Many will go further and emphasize the personal relationship relational aspect of faith, which implies more than a simple belief in the existence of a supreme being. And here we'll go deeper into these definitions of faith and try to offer insight as to whether or not faith is part of human nature or if it's nurtured into existence. So first, we have to look at the most basic definition of what faith is. As I just said, faith is simply trust in a fact. Let's pretend we have a friend named Bob. Bob may have faith that the sky is blue, based on the definitions of blue and sky, which he has learned over the years. We would say that he has faith in these definitions, in these facts and definitions. But it must be noted that the truth of the trusted facts is not the real issue here. Many people do believe false things. Bob has correct faith. He happen, uh, when according to uh, when it comes to the sky being blue, in this case he happens to have correct faith because he believes a true fact about the color of the sky. But other people may believe that the sky is green. 
or maybe black all the time and not just at nighttime. These people will have faith in the sky's greenness or redness or whatever other color they may they may imagine the sky to be. And they may swear to the this uh, this idea when speaking to their friends. This is even though their faith is placed in incorrect ideas. Some may even have faith in the idea of relativism. The uh, Roman Catholic Pope Francis, in his encyclical Lumen Fide, this light of faith, and in relativism, there is the question of universal truth is no longer relevant. Somebody with th such a relativistic view might suggest it does not matter what one believes about the sky's color. This person has faith in the idea that there is no true faith or fact. But there is also no wrong faith according to the idea of relativism. In this contradictory philosophy, everything is permissible and correct. In relativism, correctness is in danger of being due to personal feelings, not actual fact. But in, <clears throat> in Christianity, the existence of God is an absolute fact that can be trusted fairly easily, according to the Christian view. In Romans 1 of the Christian Bible, and again, I <laughs> mentioned before that we'd be there would be a lot of repetition in this episode, and we've talked about Romans 1 um, in the past of, of this series. But in Romans 1, the Apostle Paul says that, quote, what can be known about God is plain to them, or to people, because God has shown it to them. God's existence is plain through his creation, which is a form of revelation. And people are in grave error, without excuse, as the Bible says, if they refuse to take this revelation seriously. They are considered as being aware of God, in at least some sense, because every day they experience the wonders of God's creation. But they refuse to pay him proper respect, wanting instead to follow their own wisdom and their own ways. <clears throat> this awareness of God is not true faith. Deep faith, or what one might call genuine faith, goes much further than a simple awareness or sense of something. Let's return briefly to the example of our friend Bob. In believing that the sky is blue, we could say that Bob also places trust in his teachers, parents, or whoever else told him the definitions of blue and sky. He finds these people trustworthy, so he believes in what they tell him. According to Christianity, faith involves trust in God and in what he said. In the Bible, there are numerous references to believing in Christ or trusting in the Lord, such as Proverbs 3.5, John 3.16, and Acts 16.31. And according to the opinion of your host, this implies a deep trust in God. For example, if a Christian person named Haley has a deep faith in God, she takes him at his word and will trust her whole being to him. Some would consider this lifting up of one's soul to be very risky or even stupid. Will shall talk about faith's unreasonable nature later. But because of Haley's religious beliefs, she does this confidently. She has learned that the Christian God is loving, patient, and protective. And she might look to Psalm 107, John 3.16 again, and 2 Peter 3.9 of the Bible to, to, to prove this um, belief. Deep faith in God, 
according to Christianity, also leads to action, further proving that Christian faith is more than simple belief in something. <clears throat> As I said in the last episode, accepting or rejecting God comes down, in the end, to an intellectual decision, yes or no. Quoting from Connie Svab and R.P. Conrad, quote, A mental leap is needed to progress from external sensory experience, and a further leap is required if we are to mount up to God. Although belief or faith is not necessarily a work or something that deserve the something like um something that is merited after some effort, the Bible says that faith without works is dead, according to Ephesians two, eight through nine, and James two, fourteen through twenty-six. Pope Francis also says that faith demands a response as it involves interactions between the human and the divine. Now, let us look at again at our friend Haley, and let's see this faith and action relationship through her example. When Haley's belief and faith becomes ingrained into her personality, it becomes part of her daily life and habits. She might, for example, put her faith into practice by reading scriptures every day attending church on Sundays, or volunteering for a soup kitchen to feed the homeless, or just being available for a friend who's going through a hard time. Haley will also try to rem try to break habits which she believes her faith does not permit, such as gossiping about her neighbors, getting drunk on outings with friends, or using God's name irreverently. She desires to be transformed in her mind, letting go of old worldly habits so that she will know and follow instead what is right. <clears throat> Haley's faith, W.W. W. Meissner might suggest, has become an agent of behavioral change. As Meissner has said, quote, Faith is a recapitulation, a reorganization, a reintegration, a synthetic process, synthetic process within the ego, or sense of self. And another, Andrew Pinsent, might say that Haley, quote, loves with the beloved, in this case who is God, what the beloved loves. So she is joining her will to God's. She is making it compatible with God's. So the idea of faith has gone, in Haley's case, has gone beyond just the idea of belief in God. It is actually integrating her life or changing her life to make it compatible with her belief. And this idea brings us directly to the concept of faith as a relationship. Faith in God is, of course, the first step in this of this relationship. Again, quoting from his uh, encyclical, encyclical entitled Lumen Fide, Pope Francis said that for the, for the Israelites, quote, faith was a summons to a lengthy journey to the worship of the Lord on Sinai, Mount Sinai, and the inheritance of a promised land, end quote. God continues to help the believing Israelites who pass on their faith to the following generations, and we can read about this in the Old Testament of the Bible. According to Pope Francis, quote, faith is linked with concrete life stories. So again, faith in action more than just belief. This relationship is true for Haley, too, as she continually works out her faith and conforms it to the will of God. This process is long and often hard, as Christian faith is not a one-time conversion event. 
the Apostle Paul said that the Christian struggle was like a hard race. You can see this idea in Philippians chapter 3. But Christ also promised that Christians would be able to learn from him who is a humble, gentle, and patient teacher. And he said this in Matthew 11. Teachings such as this are comforting to Christians who strive to conform themselves to the ideals of their faith. Faith, quote, again, according to Pope Francis, takes on a personal aspect. And for Haley, this personal aspect would, would manifest itself as she prays to God and, quote, perhaps feels or sees his presence and comfort in her spiritual battles. Not necessarily in the in the effect that she literally sees God or literally hears his voice or, or something like that, but as she lives out the Christian life, she senses that God is somehow working in her life and encouraging her in conforming her life into conformance um, with, uh, with God's will. This comfort is appealing to a Christian's human nature and psychology, for it provides for faith in a fatherly God that cares for and relates to the Christian, like a father would to his son or daughter. Some, as I have suggested earlier, may find this relationship between God and the Christian foolish. How can Christians dedicate their lives to something that they cannot see, they might ask. Christian faith directly defies the need for observed, quote, scientific reasoning that deals only with things that we can see and observe. Pope Francis wrote that humanity is prone to idolatry because it ultimately allows people to worship themselves through the works of their hands. Many are scared to trust in and follow a god that they cannot see, or perhaps choose to ignore. But their inner need to believe in something may lead them to create gods of their own, gods that they, quote, can, can know that exist, for the, these idols can be seen, observed, and perhaps even physically manipulated. But Christian faith is meant to be unreasonable, according to the non-religious worldview. Christian faith is, according to Hebrews 11, verse 1, Christian faith is the, quote, assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. God's wisdom and the world's perspectives are diametrically opposed to each other. And you can see this in various points in the Bible where Christians are urged not to be, quote, friends with the world. Not only is the very idea of God foolish in, in the world's eyes, but the morality of God's people is also completely different. Faith is a supernatural phenomenon and will thus not make sense to many in the world. Other examples include the various beliefs about Jesus, for example, that he is the Son of God, but also one with the Father, and that he came to earth as a human being, died, resurrected, and founded the Christian church. Many of these ideas would appear to be foolish in a, to a non-religious mind. There is another important question about faith, and that's this. Is faith part of human nature, or is it nurtured? We have seen that in this episode and in previous ones that humanity is naturally drawn to faith of some kind because people can see God evident in creation and humans also have an, quote, infantile need to trust in some kind of caregiver, as W.W. W. Meissner believed. I've personally known some who believed that God spoke to them or revealed himself in some way. Some may become aware, quote-unquote, of God before entering a faith relationship with God, 
despite being raised in a very non-religious family. As the late Pope, Catholic Pope John Paul II said, everyone has the, quote, capacity to come to God, have faith, and know righteousness. And uh, Fingelkurtz and Fingelkurtz would suggest that religious experience is so common throughout humanity that faith has been described as an archetype, something common to every culture, to every, every background. But again, in Christianity and most other faiths, learning is very important. So it's not just about, quote, being aware of God. As we saw in our hypothetical Christian friend Haley's case, her faith relationship is a story of constant development, growth, and change. Various people would help her through this, people who share her beliefs. These would include preachers, as well as Christian friends and relatives. Roman Catholic bishops have been described as being, John Paul II wrote this, as being, quote, witnesses of divine and Catholic truth. They reflect upon the truth and help share it. And they are servants in the faith who help Catholics along their spiritual journeys. Philosophers and others who are not part of the Roman Catholic clergy can also do their part in this mission, according to John Paul II. So, in Catholic belief, even though God may be able to touch a person's heart to follow him, the Catholic Church is a crucial support network and teacher and even the kingdom of God on earth. And this is not you this belief in the in the church being a crucial support network that is not unique to to the Catholic Church. Um, in evangelical circles or in other um, Christian circles such as the Churches of Christ, the idea of the church being God's kingdom and participation in the church um, is is an essential part of the faith as well. And even a non non-Christian religions as well, you do have a sense of religious religious community. And in Islam, you also have the community around the local the local mosque and who and the local imam who teaches and they all learn together. They they will study the Quran, they will pray together and everything. So this idea of religion creating community that is not unique to Christianity. As we looked at in previous episodes of this series, while faith may have a psychological or natural basis, it also needs guidance from scripture, religious leaders, and the community of believers. In summary, Christian faith encompasses a lot of different things. Everyone can come to some kind of an awareness or a faith in God. This faith is a belief, not merely in the existence of God, but deep trust in him. This trust translates into action and a lifestyle that constantly changes to get closer to God's will. A lived-out Christianity. Christianity involves a relationship with God, but also with teachers and fellow worshipers in the church. And so that's it for um, this fourth and final episode of the Psychology of Faith. I hope you've enjoyed the insights in here. And again, I repeated myself a little bit for, for this particular episode, which kind of, I, get, I think it's fair because um, it's the last episode of this series. Um, so throughout this, uh, the, the, this, the fourth episode and pre the previous three episodes, we've talked about the idea of faith being, what is, what is faith? And is it part of human nature or what drives someone to go into faith? And is psychology and other scientific studies are they 
able to blend with faith somehow. We've talked about that too. So if you would like to, if this is your first uh, episode that you've come across in this series, uh, I would encourage you, you can certainly have a look at the, uh, have a listen at the previous episodes, uh, the previous three episodes, and um, catch up on, on the series as well. And work on the podcast will still be continuing. I've been a fairly uh, busy person lately, so I can't uh, dedicate all of my time to the podcast, so I'm afraid that um, I'm not able to always uh, put episodes out when I would like to, but uh, I promise you that I'm still working on uh, episodes and still have a lot of ideas in mind. And it's certainly fun. I certainly do like in uh, uh, putting my thoughts on there and giving um, insights into historical topics, and we will certainly be continuing that as well. And uh, with that, I would like to say goodbye and have a great day. Keep learning and keep safe and healthy. Bye for now.